welcome back to Parked Car Convos. I'm Maddie Mitchell and I'm your host today and always because, well, quite frankly, this is literally my podcast. So who else is going to host it? Happy freaking Monday and happy freaking November. I know by the time you're listening to this, we're like a week into November already. But uh, nonetheless, it is the first episode of the month, which is so exciting. We're starting the month off on a great note with a smorgasbord episode, which in case you're new here is a listener write an episode. So that's always super exciting. To speak my truth, I'm not in a phenomenal mood at present. And that is because this is like the third time I've recorded this episode in particular. And so I am just kind of losing all of my patience a little bit. All of my patience is kind of like seeping out of my pores and it is gone. It's dissolved. It's no longer present in the room with us. I tried to record this episode probably last Tuesday. Okay. I sat down, I was recording for no joke, two hours. And in that two hours, I had simply recorded 18 minutes of the podcast. And I was just, I don't know what it was. I was not good at speaking last Tuesday, unfortunately, for all of us. So then I, I decided, okay, I'll give it another shot. I'll wait a couple days. I'll give it another shot. So I tried again on Friday. On Friday, I was in the group. I was in the best mood of my life. Friday was a phenomenal day, which I'll get into. And then and then the funny thing is, I had I had to stop recording when I was like, 55 minutes into the episode. So literally the only thing I hadn't recorded was me just wrapping up the episode. Okay. So I went out to dinner with my friend on Friday night and I got home and I was like, Oh, I should record the last like 30 seconds of the podcast and then get it all set to upload for Monday. So I go to do that, which is like crazy of me to be productive on a Friday night. Like already I was patting myself on the back already. I'm like, wow, I'm the pinnacle of productivity. This is amazing. I'm like the efficiency czar. Clearly I sit down to record it. Oh, oh, the episode is gone. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's totally gone. And then I thought I could like recover it somehow. Uh, couldn't literally couldn't. So then I, I just I just decided, okay, I'm just going to go to bed, I guess. Um, And so here I am on Sundays, literally just a mere 24 hours before you're probably listening to this episode. And I'm sitting down for the third time to record this episode. And you know what they say, third time's charm. So fingers crossed that it will be. But if you're listening to this, chances are it was. Third time is the charm. And that's amazing. Uh, There's a few things that I wanted to talk about right off the bat that are super exciting. Um, Number one. I had merch come out on Friday, which is so exciting. And it was so cool. Friday was like the most surreal day ever, which I'll kind of touch on in a second. But real quick, I released merch. It had been in the works for a few months now. I was really excited about it. Ever since I started making videos um, with stupid things that I say, people have been asking me to put them on t-shirts so they could buy them and wear them, which is so insanely cool. And so uh, I released two collections on Friday, quite literally none of my business. And then in the year of the Barbie movie. So two of our two of our favorite sayings over here at Parks Car Convos. And I am obsessed with it. It came out really, really great. I love it. I hope you guys love it. I mean, at this point, I know that some of you guys love it because it's been out for a couple days now, but I just wanted to really quickly run you through all of the products and the link for merch is going to be in the uh, podcast show notes. And it's also in the link tree that's in my bio on like all of my social media. But Really quick, the quite literally none of my business has a super cute embroidered 
tan slash beige crew neck that I love. Um, that's probably one of my favorite. It's one of my top three. Okay. And then there's a navy blue hoodie that says quite literally none of my business. That's also embroidered. We have a light blue t-shirt that says quite literally none of my business. There's a navy blue trucker hat that says quite literally none of my business. And there's a sticker. There's a sticker for both of them, um, which is super cute. My mom already put the quite literally none of my business sticker on her laptop, on her work laptop, actually. So that's kind of so iconic of her. Um, and then for in the year of the Barbie movie, there's a light gray hoodie that I'm actually wearing presently. Um, super cute, super cozy. There's a, uh, pale pink crew neck that has to be my favorite piece by far. It's so cute. It's like the perfect shade of pink. Um, and then the art on the, in the year of the Barbie movie merch is like a really cool, um, like pink kiss design, which I love. So it looks really cool on like a pale pink, um, crew neck. And then there's a pale pink t-shirt, which is rounding out my top three of favorite items. It's technically considered to be lilac. Um, it's more of like a purpley pink, but I definitely think it's, it comes across as pink. I love it so much. And then there's a white crop top, that has in the year of the Barbie movie on it. And there's a phone case for in the year of the Barbie movie, uh, that I have on my phone right now. And there's a tote bag. So lots of options, lots and lots of options. Um, if you buy merch, that is literally so cool. And I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart. Uh, like I said, just like such a surreal thing to have happened. I, I mean, you guys know that this year has been nothing shy of an absolute roller coaster for me. Um, especially if you've been listening for a while, but I definitely never would have foreseen me releasing merch at the beginning of this year. That's just not something that I had on my bingo card. And so I am just like so blown away by this, by this progression of events. It's just been so insane. And I, I really cannot thank you enough. I still have like a lot more to touch on before we jump into the listener write-ins, but let's just dive into peak and valley of the week. So my peak of the week, obviously releasing merch was part of it. It was just like such a cool experience. Um, it was so cool to see some of you guys buy the merch right away. Cause I was <laughs> genuinely afraid that my mother was going to be my only sale, um, which would have been, which would have been amazing and it would have been fine. But I, it was just really cool seeing you guys, um, like it. That was like my biggest fear was that you guys just like, wouldn't like it or wouldn't want to wear it. Um, so that was crazy. And it was even crazier because I woke up on Friday morning and literally the first thing I saw on my phone was that Elle magazine Australia had posted an article about me, which I knew was coming because I did an interview with them a couple of weeks ago, but I had no idea that it was coming out on Friday, which was just like so serendipitous. Um, so yeah, Friday was just like, I was riding so high. It was so incredibly cool. That article was amazing. If I do say so myself, I'm totally unbiased, obviously, as the literal subject of the article. Um, just like such a cool experience. I can't even, I just can't even No words that I say are going to do justice how surreal Friday was. Um, and I'm just, I sound like a broken record now, so I'm going to stop talking about it, but that was insanely cool. And then, um, also another peak of the week from last week was I had asked you guys in last week's episode to send me pictures of you guys listening to the podcast in your car, if that's where you listen to your podcasts. And, I got so many pictures from you guys listening to that last week's episode and it was like the coolest thing ever. I think because, I mean, I know that there's people 
listening. Like I, I can see the analytics, you know what I mean? But it's like every week I sit down in my, at my kitchen table and I record this episode. So it does at some points feel like I'm just kind of like talking into a void. So it's so insane to see actual photographic evidence that there are human beings listening to my podcast. That is just like so crazy. And I was, so I also wanted to kind of touch on this kind of quickly because I then decided on the fly to make it like this whole thing and have it be a passenger of the week. So let me just walk you through this really quickly so you can participate. It's just another way to kind of um, incorporate you guys into the episode. So basically what I have in mind, because I had posted a picture on the podcast Instagram at parkedcarconvos.pod. If you're not following, what the heck are you doing at this point? Literally, what are you doing? That's where all the fun is happening. So go follow the podcast on Instagram. I had posted a picture of the podcast playing in my car two Mondays ago when I released the Unpopular Opinions episode. And I was like, wait, this is actually such a cute idea to post about the week's episode because it's in, it's playing in my car, which is parked. So there's like so much symbolism there. It's like it, it works on so many levels. And at the same time, it's also showing people what this week's episode is. So it's like dual purpose, right? Because it's like kind of like a cute um, on brand for the podcast aesthetic. And it's also letting people know, hey, it's Monday and this episode just came out. So then I was like, wait, it would be so cool if you guys could send me a picture of the podcast playing on your car because everyone's car looks different. Everyone, where everyone is, is different in the world. So like the outside looks different of every, you know, you know how it works. You know how everyone's in a different place at different times. Um, I was like, this would be such a cool thing to start doing every week. And it's like I said, also just a great way to post about the podcast because I feel like it just gets boring if I'm like making Canva graphics every week. So this is this is a cuter way for me to to do that. And so I had asked you guys last week to send me those pictures. Now, I want to clarify, you do not have to post it on your story. Um, I don't think I don't think I made that clear last time because so many of you posted on your story, which was like so cool. Like I was obsessed with it. I was so obsessed with it. But I think um, you can just send me a picture of of the screen in your car. If you have a screen in your car, if you don't truly do not worry about it because, um, there will be other ways to become the passenger of the week. Have no fear, but send me a picture, like a nice, you know, a nice clear picture, preferably, uh, of the podcast playing in your car. And it's actually almost not, I don't want to say it's better if it's, um, not on your story, but like if you add text to the story and things like that, that can make it a little bit harder for me to post it, um, on Instagram and just have it be like, have them be kind of uniform. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that would be cool. And then you can become the passenger of the week because I'll post it on the podcast, Instagram and tag you of course. And I just think it's another cool way to include you guys and have that kind of, um, listener interaction, which is something that I personally love. So just a reminder that you can, you can do that today while you're listening, which is so fun. And I can't wait to see who's this week's passenger of the week, but that was definitely a peak of my week seeing all of you guys, um, post about the podcast and seeing all of you listening to the podcast. That's like great that you guys aren't all lying to me. It's great to see the physical proof of it. My valley of the week had to have been shocker me deleting this episode. And I don't know why it took so long for me to record. I don't even, I don't know. I just like was not in the groove. Hopefully today I'm able to kind of like break the curse, but deleting accidentally having that 
episode be deleted was definitely the valley of my week by far. Um, okay, past the ox song of the week for this week. Obviously, all I've been listening to is 1989 Taylor's version. I one song that I've been loving so much is I Know Places, and I actually like rediscovered this song over the summer when I was in my running era because I. I had like all my songs on shuffle one day randomly and I know places came on and it's actually such a banger to run to or to like work out to. And I just like developed a new love for that song. And so I was so excited to listen to the re-record. And I honestly think it's one of the best re-records on the album. Um, so I've been listening to that pretty much nonstop. Also just a quick reminder, I will be doing a Taylor Swift themed episode, bonus episode for the Swifties coming up at an undisclosed date because I don't know when I'm going to record it. Hopefully I'll get my mojo back after this episode and I'll be feeling like I'm on a roll, but it's definitely going to be coming out soon. And I'm going to touch on my Eras tour experience and 1989 Taylor's version. And I also had you guys ask questions on the podcast Instagram about Taylor Swift, all things Taylor that you wanted me to touch on. So I'm really, really excited about that episode actually. Um, and hopefully it will be out soon. Fingers crossed. This week's traffic report is actually not a pop culture update. It's a it's a Maddie update. It's an addendum to last week's story, last week's ghost story that I told. Um, if you didn't listen to last week's episode about spooky stories, I touched on my own personal paranormal experiences uh, that I experienced in college. And I'm not going to, don't worry, I'm not going to retell that whole story, but Basically, in my freshman year college dorm, three people had died in that building that I knew for fact. And I definitely had a ghost in my room that would kind of move things around from time to time. And one thing that the ghost did a couple times was move shoes. Like he would, he, it was definitely a he because it had only been men that had died in the building. So I knew for a fact it was a man, but he, the ghost, would move my shoes on my bed. He would move my shoes to be like perfectly placed next to each other. When let's face it, we all know, we all know damn well, I was not doing that. Uh, so that was just like kind of my own personal experience. And actually it was funny because someone else who wrote into last week's episode had said that she had had a similar ghost experience in college with a ghost moving her shoes. So like, there's definitely something there with ghosts moving shoes, but I posted on the podcast Instagram. How many times can I say this? Like, if you're not following the podcast on Instagram, what the heck are you doing? I don't even understand at this point. What are you doing with your life? Sorry to get philosophical. Um, I take it back. But anyways, I posted on the podcast Instagram a picture of loafers that were on my passenger seat in my car. Now, let me explain. I last weekend, I went to go see one of my friends from college, which was so fun, by the way. And also in last week's episode, I said, oh my God, this is one of my friends that wrote in. That's who I saw last weekend. So crazy. So serendipitous. I love that. Um, I went out with one of my friends last weekend and I was wearing these loafers that I bought a few months ago, but I've only worn them twice. And the first time I wore them, I was in excruciating pain within like T minus 30 seconds. Like they were just ripping my feet to shreds, which is like not something I'm ever looking for in a shoe personally. And I will say the first time I wore them, I did the most minimal amounts of walking a human being could do. I literally walked from my house to the car, from the car into the restaurant, from the restaurant 
back into the car and from the car back into my home. Like that's all, that's the only distance I walked in those shoes and they were killing. So like not a great indicator that they will be comfortable shoes going forward. And that did not stop me because as I've always said, I never back down in the face of adversity. So I decided, Hey, you know what? These loafers go so well with the outfit that I'm wearing today. I literally have to wear them. And also I was kind of like, someone has to break them in and it's going to be me. So I might as well just try and break them in right now. So I wore them out to lunch with my friends last weekend and I was in excruciating pain. We also like did a lot of walking cause we were in like a cute little downtown area. Um, and my feet were in pain. They were in excruciating pain. So by the time I got back in the car to drive home, I had like a 45 minute drive home. I, you best believe I took those shoes off and I put them on the passenger seat and I drove home barefoot. I could not be bothered. And then when I got home, I also could not be bothered to bring the shoes back inside. So I just left the shoes on my passenger seat. And then the next day or the next time I got in my car, it was when I was I was going to a studio to take pictures in the merch and I had so many freaking bags in my car. I had my tripods. I had my camera bag. I had like so much shit in my car and it was pouring rain that day. So I just like went down to my car, shoved everything in it. It was a disaster. It was a total disaster. My point being that these shoes were kind of getting tossed around in the mix because there were so many things. It was such a mess. I came home from taking pictures and I took everything inside minus the loafers because again, (laughs) I could not be bothered to bring these loafers inside on Halloween day. Okay. I go to get in my car in the morning. First thing I look at is these loafers. They are sitting perfectly placed next to each other. And I'm thinking, well, who, who did that? Cause it certainly wasn't me. And I was extremely rattled. So I think that was the ghost's way of saying, Hey, I'm here. Happy Halloween. I think it was, I think it was just like a friendly reminder that like I the ghost is always with me to some extent. Um, it was harmless and I felt totally at peace in that moment, but it was just, it was just funny because I had literally just talked about it a few days earlier. And then there it was, there it was saying, Hey, and moving my shoes around. But you know what? That's honestly the ghost that's haunting me and my shoes is none of my business quite literally. Uh, all right, let's jump into these listener write-ins. Also, one other quick thing, re-listener write-ins and re-writing into the podcast. I want to make a quick little clarification because I think there's been some confusion. So I do a smorgasbord episode, which is what this episode is, once a month. I'm trying to do them. Um, Basically, it's like listeners asking for advice or telling me a crazy story, telling me something crazy that happened or asking a question. I don't know anything that you want me to talk about really. So that is all kind of on like a rolling basis because like I said, I try and do these episodes once a month. So I, it's just like always open and you can kind of write in whenever you want and I'll hopefully read it and see it the next time that I go to record one of these episodes. So that link is always in um, the show notes and it's always in the link tree that's in my bio. It says podcast write in or something like that. And that is something that you can always go to. And it's like I said, it's always open. It's a Google form. It's completely anonymous. So you can write in whenever. I also recently have been posting on my stories asking for like very specific kind of themed story times. Um, Like I did the roommate horror stories and we had the spooky stories and there's going to be a few more coming up that I'm really excited about. Now those like specific themed stories that I'm asking for, they all have their own 
um, unique link because it's way easier to keep track of them that way, obviously. So when I post a story asking for you guys to write in about those topics, there's a link in the story and you have to write into that link because otherwise I won't see it when I go to record. And some people have been writing in those specific stories into just the normal smorgasbord link. And then I don't see them when I go to record the themed episodes. So just a reminder, if you do want to write in for those themed episodes that I post on my stories, it has to be with the link that I post on the story. I hope that makes sense. I feel like I just like said all the same words in like 52 different ways. But if you have any questions about that, just like DM me because um, I just want to make sure that if you are submitting stories that it's in the right place so that I can see it when I go to record the episode. All right. That being said, let's dive into some listener write-ins. First listener says, okay, so one thing that I really lack in life is cooking amongst other things, but we'll stick to this today. Okay. No, I'm not loving the attitude. Think of all the things that you have. Think of all the strengths that you possess. Let's focus on that, okay? I love, love, love to cook and eat, but I'm such a type A perfectionist that I struggle with the whole measure with your heart, just a pinch of this, dash of that sort of deal. And even when I follow a recipe to perfection, it never seems to come out right. My love language to my boyfriend is 100% acts of service. Like I just love to be able to do things and make fun little, (laughs) you're going to say make fun of him. I was like, oh, that's so real of you, but um, make fun little things for him to make him smile. One thing that he really values in his culture, he's Latino, is being able to cook. And let me tell you, he is great at it, like so good. And I'm so thankful for that. However, I want to be able to cook for us too. And I want to be able to learn now because I currently live at home with just me and my mom and she's done. She's been cooking for me my whole life and I want to be able to return the favor and do so in a way that won't make us sick. (laughs) Okay. Do you have any cooking advice or maybe go to dishes of yours that you would share the recipe for? I'm not picky and really have no dietary restrictions. I try and eat as gluten-free as possible just for my own stomach's sake, but a girl has to have pasta. That's so incredibly real. I know you talk about cooking a lot, so I would love to hear some of your ideas slash advice. Also from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for all you do. Even though I don't know you, this podcast and your socials make me feel like I have a friend who really understands what it's like being a 23-year-old teenage girl. Lots of love. That is so kind of you. And also, I am so honored and so excited that you asked me for cooking advice. Like, you have no idea how amazing that's making me feel in this moment. First of all, you you said yourself you love cooking. And I love that you love cooking. And I think what it what it really needs is just a quick reframe. Cooking isn't about like a perfect science. It really isn't, okay? It's about a beautiful blend, a beautiful symphony of flavors and tastes that make things that are just so fun to enjoy. For me, cooking is like one of the most therapeutic things in the world. And I think if you're able to look at it like that, hopefully fingers crossed, that'll take some of the pressure off of it. Look at this as like, oh my God, you have an opportunity to A, make something amazing that you're going to love to eat. That in and of itself is like so exciting, right? Because it's like the anticipation of making an amazing meal that you are so excited to eat. And also you, like you said, are trying to make food for people you love. That's amazing. This is an act of service. Like you're saying, that's perfect. You are doing something out of love for other people. That is so beautiful. And also it gives you, for me personally, like when I'm anxious, I love to cook because I don't have the mental capacity to focus on anything else besides 
cooking. You know what I mean? I put on, obviously, I have a little background noise going because let's face it, I'm not going to be alone with my thoughts. Even when I'm fully zoned out, I'm not going to do that. I have to have some sort of background noise. But besides that, I'm like fully zoned in on what I'm doing. And that is like so cathartic for me. And it makes me feel like I'm just in the zone and I can just kind of like tune everything else out, which is so nice. And so I think if you start to try and look at it like this is a really fun thing to do, it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy it. I hope that that will help you start to take some of the pressure off of that. Now for like legitimate advice and actual tangible things that you can do. First of all, something for me that really helps is I love, if I'm making something like, for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how I made beef bourguignon and I honestly, I didn't really even use a recipe for that. I had watched so many videos of other people making it that I just kind of like took from took a little, a little of this and a little of that from everyone else. Um, even though there is, you know, cause it, cause it does vary person to person. There's like no one clear cut recipe. Um, but for me, that was something that really helped was watching videos. And I go down so many rabbit holes on TikTok whenever I like get a new recipe in my head or like a food that I want to make. I just type it into TikTok to start because seeing other people make it and their process that they're going through and what it looks like throughout the entire process that helps me a lot because I think when you're following just like a written out recipe, it's easy to be like, is this what this is supposed to look like? Is this, am I doing this right? And so seeing other people do it before I actually go ahead and make it always gives me a lot more confidence. And a lot of the times it also gives you some different like techniques and um, things that you can kind of like try out that will make your life easier when you're cooking that meal. And that's always awesome and always welcome. Also, there's so many, um, let me find, there's this one TikToker who I love so much and she's done a whole series on like cooking basics. Okay. Her name is Chef Kelly Scott. Uh, Her at on TikTok is Kelly's Clean Kitchen. I will, I'll post this on the podcast Instagram though, so you can see what her page looks like. She is, she's a professional chef. It says she's a culinary instructor. She has the most amazing videos that are like a beautiful to look at. Like they're just like recorded super well. They like look really nice and crisp, which I think always helps. She was actually one of the people that I like stole her buff bourguignon recipe essentially. Um, and she, walked through the entire process which is just so helpful to like see it visually before you attempt to do it yourself she has a couple of series on her page right now one's called the basics of cooking uh right off the bat I'm scrolling she has uh how to make the perfect eggs how to caramelize onions things like that that I think um are just kind of like good skills to learn as you're starting off learning to cook but so much of it really is unfortunately just trial and error um and finding recipes that you like also I want to just say that even if you're like following recipes to a tea and it's not coming out the same that doesn't mean anything because with peace and love a lot of those recipes are just written by like bloggers and they don't necessarily have everything down to an exact science plus it could just be that you are using like a different kind of I don't even know, like milk or egg or chicken or whatever the case may be that makes it turn out differently than how theirs did. Um, so I don't think that's anything to really get too discouraged about, but 
I think the more you do it, the more you learn about, you know, what flavors taste good together, what, uh, what kind of seasonings you really like on certain foods. And then you can kind of like lean into that. Also, the more you cook, the more you realize that so much of cooking is kind of just like formulaic. So there's like certain formulas for certain things. For instance, like I always make my own salad dressing and it's so easy to do once you understand that there's just like kind of a very standard uniform recipe that you can apply so many different things to. So like for a salad dressing, you need to have an oil base. So usually I use olive oil and then you have to have some sort of acid in there. So you add in a lemon juice or a balsamic vinegar or a red wine vinegar or an apple cider vinegar. It can be anything. And then you can add in something to make it a little bit sweeter, like a maple syrup or a honey. You can add in, um, a mustard or something that's thicker to emulsify all of it. I usually use Dijon mustard. But my point to all this is like once you understand the breakdown of the formula, it's so easy to make literally any kind of salad dressing you want. And like that's so true with so many other things. The first meal that I ever learned to cook was actually a baked CD. And it's because in high school, I volunteered at a homeless shelter and we had to we had to make the food to bring the food to serve the food. And the first time I was going there and I had to make this meal after school before I went over to this place, I, my dad was at home and he's, he's the one that cooks in my house. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I guess I have to do this. I knew how to like cook pasta and things, but I don't think I'd ever actually like cooked ground beef. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I, loved it. And I loved that meal too. I ended up making that, we ended up making that meal quite a bit because it's so yummy. And it's, it honestly is so simple. Start with a baked ziti, look up a baked ziti recipe. Um, baked ziti is super simple. Cause it's like you cook the pasta, you cook some sauce, you can use store-bought sauce. That's totally fine. And you cook some ground beef and then you add in the sauce and then you just kind of like layer it. You add cheese to the top. It's actually super, super simple and it's so good and it's so filling. And it's like a, that's a whole ass meal right there in front of you. I think starting with things that are um, easy like that in the sense of like it's all in one. You know what I mean? Like you just eat the baked ziti. Try like a sheet pan recipe. Sheet pan recipes are awesome. They're so easy. They're all on one pan. Uh, There's sheet pan tacos that you can make. There's sheet pan chicken or shrimp with vegetables. And that's great because it's like a protein and a vegetable. And then you have the whole meal and you just cooked it simultaneously and boom, it's perfect. And it's right there in front of you. I think I just rambled for literally 10 minutes about cooking, but I hope this helps you. And I hope that you start to feel more confident in the kitchen. It's so exciting. Like cooking is so exciting. Trying new recipes is so fun. And I hope you're able to start seeing it as fun and enjoying it a little bit more. I hope this helps. All right, next up we have, I recently walked into my condo with water pouring down from the ceiling. No, no, you did not consent to that. That is so rude. To shorten the story, my upstairs neighbor refused to take accountability or help with the situation. I had to get the HOA involved. And after four days, I finally got a plumber in to unclog her drain, which was causing gallons of water to come through my ceiling. This woman, the unfortunate in the year of the Barbie movie, you know, that is unfortunate. 
because this is textbook male behavior with the not taking accountability, if I do say so myself, uh, I'm sure we'll never apologize or take accountability, but I need some type of petty revenge. This anger is burning deep in my soul at her level of delusion and unhelpfulness. Any advice on low level revenge, thinking of setting an alarm to go off all night, etc. That is a really good one. But my fear is that it would also keep you up all night. And that's not serving anyone at the end of the day because it's like at what cost? You know what I mean? Hmm. Let me think about this. Okay. A few things that I came up with right off the bat. Number one, sign her up. You would have her address. I'm assuming sign her up for as many junk mail things as you can possibly think of. I'm sure you just go online, type her address into like random. I don't even know how you would go about this. I'm sure because I junk mail is like kind of ancient and kind of like decrepit when you really think about it but I think that's like what makes it funnier is because she would just like always be getting mail that's like totally useless um and that is like very low level because obviously it doesn't harm anyone something that is kind of a level up from that that I'm thinking not in the sense that it's harming anyone (laughs) don't worry I don't like how I segued that that's my bad um you can send people and don't ask how I know this you can send people potatoes via mail so like you can send someone there's a website that I'm looking at right now called anonymous potato uh and you can just kind of like send people potatoes in the mail it can have your face on it which obviously you wouldn't want to do you can have it wrapped up in a burrito blanket that's beautiful I think that would be so funny because you can have a custom message on the potato so you could write something like I hope you have the day that you deserve on a potato and have it delivered to her because that would be hilarious that's also when you really think about it kind of the scariest thing you can do because could you imagine having a potato sent to you that says have the day that you deserve and you're like who the how did I get this potato who sent me this potato it's kind of spooky when you really think about it um I think that's something that's kind of funny and also kind of harmless uh yeah the alarm is definitely good I would say if you're like going out one night and you're not going to be back or if you're going going away for a weekend leave your tv blasting or something like that you could there's just so many things you can do also you could potentially depending on ceiling heights you could take a broom and just start like banging at the ceiling it's kind of like the reverse of being loud like walking around your apartment uh and having it your downstairs neighbors you can do it in reverse and be banging around on your ceiling which is something that I think is unique that one is a little bit more specific because it's like okay it's clearly you but I don't know those are some ideas let me know let me know which one you choose let me know what you end up doing I'm, I'm really intrigued honestly not someone writing in asking how to get a guy to like them back babe what about me makes you think I know the answer to that like literally nothing. I'm so sorry to have misled you in some way, shape or form, but you genuinely came to the wrong place. All right. Next up we have overcoming toxic workplace PTSD. I got fired from a job last year after six months of toxic mean girl behavior. My biggest regret was not leaving when I knew they sucked as people. They gave me a birthday gift on a Friday and all had cake with me and then fired me on that following Monday. That is maniacal. That is sick and twisted. Ew. Uh, It was constant demeaning tones, unclear expectations, clicking and ostracizing behavior like they never got over being quote unquote popular and bitchy in high school. I hate those people. I hate those people. They're kind of the worst kinds of people when you really think about it. 
messages sent to me on teams talking shit about me. Um, in parentheses, she wrote accidentally sent to me instead of my other coworker. Awesome. Uh, and the whole nine yards. I had worked in retail for seven years prior and had had three work terms at a competitive and large corporation and another work experience prior where I got promoted within two months of joining the team. I've never gotten fired or even close at any other job. I've always been very friendly, open, and willing to do whatever to do what willing to do whatever to do a good job, but they were just not picking up what I was putting down. Joining that team completely ruined my self-confidence, made me hate my personality, and destroyed me mentally. I definitely was not doing my best work towards the end considering the issues I was dealing with and I've never had the best mental health, but it felt like no matter how hard I tried, they had issues with my work and so me losing my job has royally fucked me up. I was unemployed for four months, got a new job that helped me build up my confidence and went to a lot of therapy. That's awesome. That's amazing. You did all the right things. I love that for you. I've worked on myself a lot in terms of my need for external validation and I've opted for the quote unquote fake it till you make it mindset where I try to trust my own worth, intelligence and sincerity, etc., to help me to do a good job. Since then, I have gotten another promotion, a 50% increase in my salary. That is oh, that is so insane. Congratulations. Still making nothing crazy in this economy. (laughs) So true. Uh, And I'm really enjoying my new position. Amazing. But still, I sometimes think about how that place treated me, thought of me, thought I could not succeed to the point of firing me and the imposter syndrome is back again. How can I get over it and not give a fuck? For reference, I work in HR and have a business undergrad degree and my master's. Any help is much appreciated. Love your podcast and you. Thank you so much. Oh my God, girl, you're killing it though. So I just want to kind of like bring that to your attention really quick. You're doing amazing. You got a new job and thank God you enjoy it. It sounds like it's hopefully couldn't have been worse than that company. Um, And you're off to an amazing start in this role. And that's amazing. And you should really be focusing on that and celebrating that. I think this has been kind of a common theme on this podcast, but I've talked about this a lot is being proud of yourself um, in any capacity for anything, because so often we're so hypercritical of our shortcomings or ways we could have done things better or little, little tiny, tiny mistakes we've made. And that's, it's just like, it's so soul sucking and it's so draining. And I think we need to have that exact same energy, but with the positive things that happen and with the things that we do really well and the ways that we are able to be so great at our jobs. And, you know, when you have a really hard week at work where you're so busy and you're going nonstop and you're thinking at the end of the week, oh my God, I did such a good job. You should really take a minute and celebrate that. And I know it's like, whatever, I was just doing my job. That doesn't feel like an accomplishment. It is an accomplishment because not everyone can do your job. I could absolutely never work in HR. And I know that for a fact, like you have a skill set that not a lot of people have. And literally every single day you leave your job knowing that you successfully did your job that day. That in and of itself is an accomplishment. Good for you. Good for you for making it through the day and doing the job to the best of your ability. That's insane. And I'm so proud of you. And that is, gen- and I genuinely believe that that is something that we should be harping on always. Doesn't matter how small it is because it doesn't matter how small the, the bad things are, right? You know, the little tiny things that we harp on and that we just like dwell on and we have them sit with us for so, so, so long. Those are the tiniest, tiniest details. So why can't it work in reverse? I think that's so important. Also, 
some of you might know this if you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning. I too worked in a very, very toxic workplace. It was my first uh, full-time job after college and it was at like a super small marketing agency and I was miserable. It was horrible. I only lasted two and a half months there and that's because they let me go because I wasn't um, I wasn't learning as fast as they wanted me to and that was really because they were not teaching me anything. So that's, it's so incredibly hard to learn when you're not being taught. Anyways, I had a horrible boss. She was incredibly narcissistic. She played favorites and it was just like such a toxic work environment. And that really fucked me up. And it was hard because the entire time I was working there, I was looking for other jobs. Like I knew I wasn't going to be here long-term. Um, granted, they knew that a little bit better than I did when they, uh, you know, let me go. But I had really been looking for an out. I didn't want to work there. And then after leaving that job, I had talked obviously about this ad nauseum in therapy. And I just started to realize how much it had kind of stuck with me because that was like the first work experience I had after college. And I didn't, I wasn't able to do a good job there. And granted, I wasn't able to do a good job there because I wasn't given the tools to do a good job there. And that's obviously a big part of it um, because I know I'm a good worker. I know that I'm good at my job. I know that I'm able to to take things seriously and to do the work that's needed. Like I, I know that about myself. But when that was the experience that I was going off of, it was really, really hard for me to move forward in finding a job and in feeling confident about doing a job. And that really messed with me for a while. And it was so subconscious because on the surface, I was like, no, I'm applying to these jobs. I know I would be good at it. I know I have the qualifications. I know I have the skills. Like I know, I know all of that, but on like some deep level, I was really, you know, feeling really insecure about my ability to, to do a good job. And that really sucked for a while. And I, uh, it wasn't until I, I got a job at a really good company that I worked at for a while that I was able to see, okay, no, I when people train me to do the job, I'm able to effectively and efficiently do a job, duh, because duh, of course I can. Like I'm a capable, smart human being, right? Just like you are. And it is it is hard because when you have had that experience, I think it's hard to kind of shake that. And even when you're in a new environment, it's hard to kind of like get into that groove. But I do think it comes with time. I think once you're able to keep doing a good job in your role that you're in now at this company, you'll start to regain that confidence. And like I said, start focusing on all the things that you do really well. Start you know, remembering when people say, oh, hey, you did a really good job with this report or whatever, whatever people in HR are doing all the time. Whenever people are complimenting you and are saying that you did a good job like remember that and I obviously I don't believe that external validation is everything by any means but I think having that kind of proof of people at your work noticing that you're doing a good job that really helps it helps to um to build up that confidence again because it's like okay not only do I think I'm doing a good job but other people are noticing that I'm doing a good job that feels good and that is um you know it's nice to be recognized for doing good things when in the past you've been recognized and called out for bad things not I'm not at all saying that you were doing something wrong because I fully I understand 
how difficult and how impossible it is to be in those situations. But if you have someone constantly nitpicking and constantly pointing out the things that you're doing wrong or the things that you could be doing better or just like never being satisfied with the work that you're doing, it feels so good to be recognized for doing actual good work. And so um, I think it's important to kind of like remember to cherish those moments and remember to be like, okay, that's proof. I think that's a big thing with imposter syndrome too is remember that you, first of all, you have the experience to do this job without a question. Like you absolutely have all the experience that you need to do this job. Also, you went through an entire hiring process with however many people that all unanimously decided she can do this job 110%. And then after you were hired, you got another promotion because they were like, okay, not only is she doing her job well, she's doing her job so well that we want to give her a promotion, that she's able to take on more responsibility. That doesn't happen if you're bad at your job. So I think imposter syndrome is so easy because it gets in our own head, but it does help to see that external evidence that clearly we're doing good because that wouldn't, that wouldn't be happening if you were bad at your job. So it's important to remember that all of these other people had the confidence and had the faith in you to do your job well, because they know that you can, right? That that's how that works. They wouldn't be putting you in a position to take on more responsibility if you were doing a bad job. You're you're doing a great job. I have literally no doubt in my mind. The last thing I'll say is you said, how do I not give a fuck? Just remember that your job is literally just a place that you go to to get money. It's not your entire life. And I think that helps when you're able to kind of reframe it in that way. When you do say, make a really tiny mistake, that's fine. Because hey, guess what? You leave here at five o'clock and you go on and you live your life and literally this doesn't matter. It matters in the sense that yes, you need a job to make money because that's, you know, capitalism high. I get that. But it doesn't have to be this thing that is so all-consuming. It is a place that you go to, to do your job and you do that well, and then you give it your best effort. You give them your all for the eight hours that you're there. Then you sign off and you leave and that's it. And you leave work at work. Or if you work from home, you shut your laptop and you just don't think about it for the next, until the next day. That's completely unnecessary. And also it's so important to remember that your male coworkers are not at all dwelling on their mistakes. They just aren't. They literally don't care. And we are channeling that energy as much as we possibly can. Always. I hope this helps. And I hope you know that you are amazing at your job. Amazing. We all think so. All of us here listening think that you are so good at your job. So congratulations. Okay. Next up we have, hi, Maddie. I'm in desperate need of advice. Also, let me just say, to quote Miss Taylor Swift, never take advice from someone who is falling apart. Okay, so you guys have been forewarned. Thank you so much. So a month ago or so, I met a guy on Hinge. Okay, right away, we had so much in common. I was shocked. We went on the cutest date to an art museum and it lasted for more than five hours. He was really anxious to see me again, which I thought was cute, question mark. Okay, so you're confused. No, it is cute. I think that's cute. So we made plans to have dinner the next night. Iconic. Love this. Okay, we're eating our dinner and getting to the end of the meal when he says he has something serious to talk to me about. Nope. Nope. I'm sorry. I I just met you. (laughs) What serious thing do you possibly have to talk to me about? Okay. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous to see where this is going. I'm kidding. I know where this is going because I already recorded this episode. Yeah, that's right. Sorry to break the fourth wall. Lucky for you, I'm a phenomenal actor, so I can pretend that I haven't heard this story before, but I, I know exactly where it's going. And spoiler alert, it isn't great. Okay. I got really nervous and he looks at me in my eyes and says, I'm married. 
Well, this isn't the first time this has happened to me. Come again? Why did you say that so casually and nonchalantly? Yeah, this isn't the first time it's happened to me, but what? Please tell me it's only been twice. Please tell me it has not been more than two times. A man that you are seeing says, yeah, I am actually married. I'm so sorry. What? Girl. Well, this isn't the first time this has happened to me. I was shocked since he is so sweet and felt so honest about everything else leading up to this point. They always do. Let's face it, right? Uh, He then says he has an explanation. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were just married and on a date with me, but you didn't have an explanation. Okay, okay. Let's hear him out. He fell in love in Europe, which is where he's from, with a woman from the U.S. He wound up getting married to her last year. Nine months into their relationship, she told him that she was a lesbian. Okay, that'll do it. Um, that will do it for sure. They are no longer together, but they have to stay married as he is waiting for his green card, which should be coming any day now. Okay. Also, why is this like the plot of Friends season one with Ross being married to Carol? Although Ross isn't European, he's just a paleontologist. (laughs) Why is that the funniest thing I've ever said? Ross isn't European. He's just a paleontologist. Stop. That is so funny. I hope you're laughing along with me. Thank you so much. Um, Okay. So the green card's coming any day now. The problem is that even after he gets his green card, he is supposed to stay married for two years so that his marriage isn't considered fraudulent. Right, 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 right. Uh, While I'm not worried that they will get back together as she is in a relationship with a woman now. Yep. Once again, that'll do it. There are so many other things to think about completely agree with you what if she decides to marry she wants to marry her new girlfriend he could get deported from her actions they also share a bank account and I found out that he is still paying off their wedding question mark question mark which I think should be her responsibility Mm hmm why do you think that if it was their wedding together I agree that he shouldn't be the sole person paying off the wedding but I think I think they should go halvesies on their wedding is that an unpopular opinion? I don't know. I, I have no idea with green card weddings um, and fraudulent marriages. I actually have no prior experience in this. Spoiler alert, again. Um, they also share a bank account. Oh, I already said that. He is super kind and wants to make it work. We have been seeing each other pretty consistently. He wants to meet my parents and he has already met my friends. I don't really have a problem with him. Okay, sister. <laughs> If when asked about the guy you're seeing, you say, I don't really have a problem with him. Uh, not the most glowing endorsement. If we're being honest with ourselves, this is kind of like whenever I ask my best friend after she goes on a date, I'm like, oh, how was it? And she says, it wasn't horrible. I say, okay, so definitely future husband for sure. Like that's not, I'm not getting the vibe that you're obsessed with him, which wouldn't necessarily matter a month in except for the fact that there's all of this extra baggage attached to this that I'm thinking like, is it worth it? If the way that you describe him is I don't really have a problem with him. (laughs) Okay. It's more her. Okay. So you have a problem with her, which I'm needing to dive into further and we will, don't worry. He asked if I wanted to talk to her. Also, he has been texting her about me and my feelings about all of this. So first off, should I talk to her? And second off, is it weird that he's texting her, asking her for advice as to how to handle our relationship? Is it all just quite frankly, none of my business? Any advice would be appreciated. Thank you. Okay. This is a doozy. 
Let's start with why you have a problem with her. What did she do wrong here? I'm and I'm being serious. Sure, she came out to him nine months into their marriage and told him that she is in fact a lesbian. That is nice of her to do because otherwise they both would have just been living fraudulent lives and that's not fair to anyone. So I think that that's a nice thing. Furthermore, the fact that she's willing to stay in a relationship with him for the next two years legally so that he can stay in the U.S. is extremely kind. Like, like that is very, very kind of her, is it not? Unless I'm missing something here, which I could be. I very well could be, but I'm thinking that that's nice of her and that she's doing, she's doing him a favor by doing that so that he can, in fact, stay in the U.S. Now, and as for him texting her about your relationship my guess is if he's from Europe and moved to the U.S. to be with her, which is how I'm understanding this, maybe he just doesn't have a lot of people here. He doesn't have much of a support system. And so he's just like, okay, well, I need someone to talk to about all this. Also, who better to talk to about the circumstance than the third party that's involved in this relationship? You know what I mean? Like she kind of gets it more than anyone else besides you and him. Um, So I don't necessarily think that that's very odd. I think what this really comes down to is how much do you like him? Because you've only known him for a month. So that is something to take into consideration. And it sounds like you really like him, which is great. But do you like him enough to have this be your reality for the next two years to be to be dating someone who is legally married for the next two years? Because that's sounding, that's sounding like a, a lot. That's sounding like a commitment. And I definitely think you can make it work. If this is, if he's someone that you're really interested in and you're like, you know what, I want to be with him and that's priority number one, then yeah, you definitely can make this work. It's going to be weird for sure. It might get kind of messy, but I do think it's doable. People have, people have done weirder things for sure. I can't think of any of them right now, but people definitely have, people have done weirder things you'll be fine. I have no doubt in my mind about that. But that's what it comes down to. It sounds like you have to examine kind of how deep you're in at this point and think, is it worth it to continue? Because if you're like, yeah, he's kind of like, yeah, he's nice. I like spending time with him. Like, this is fun. Is You have to think of, is that enough for what else this is going to entail? It's just kind of like weighing out the pros and cons here, okay? Because if this is just like a guy that you're like, oh yeah, he's nice and like I have fun with him and it's like, okay, there's a lot of guys that are nice and that you can have fun with. It doesn't have to be a guy that is in a fraudulent marriage for for legal purposes. It doesn't have to be that, you know what I mean? So I think that's what it comes down to is getting honest with yourself about how you feel about him and then deciding if this is something that you want to commit yourself to. And it is a commitment. Like this is a, you're, you're thrusting yourself into this weird third party situation. I hate that I use the word thrust there. I take it back, but that's kind of what's happening. And so you have to, I think, make total and complete peace with that. If that's what you decide to do, because otherwise you can't be like half in half out and have all of these like weird feelings of animosity towards this woman who's again I think in my opinion doing this guy a favor that's just weird you can't just like say you're okay with it and then not be because I think that's putting putting him in a weird situation it's just 
you either have to decide, yeah, this is going to be worth it for sure. And this is something I really want to pursue. And I can completely make peace with this for the next two years until he's able to divorce her. If that's something that you think you can do, great. If not, I think get out as soon as possible. So it's to prevent further damage. Okay, we're going to end on this now, which is a lost roommate horror story that I didn't see when I made the roommate horror story episode because this person wrote it into this. Okay, we'll end with a couple of short ones. First up, this one says, hi, Maddie, super love the podcast. And I'm just here to make a suggestion. Not sure if you like watching thriller movies, but there's this movie called Barbarian. Basically, the premise is a girl rented an Airbnb. But when she got there, there's already a man staying there, but she still decided to stay anyway. That's all I'm going to say. I just listened to the Vacation Horror Stories episode of the pod. So all I could think of throughout the movie was, I know Maddie wouldn't be in the situation right now. Anyways, love you. That is so true. Who puts themselves in this situation? If you haven't listened to the Vacation Horror Stories episode, you need to. And also you need to prepare because I have a Vacation Horror Story episode planned coming up. And so you'll have a chance to submit stories for that episode, um, which is really exciting. I think it it might be next week. It might very well be next week. So uh, another reason to make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram so you can participate in that episode because it's going to be a good one, I'm sure. Okay, last one, because this one made me laugh. Sometimes when I feel the need to talk out my feelings, instead of writing them in a journal, I send an audio message to celebrities on Instagram because there's less of a chance that they will see slash hear them and respond and I can go back to them whenever. However, I was switching this up by sending them to a random lesser known celebrity and they started replying to my voice memos and I was horribly embarrassed, so I had to stop. I need to know who the celebrity is. I actually need to know because that's like kind of rogue of anyone to do that. That is so rogue. Also sent them to Taylor Swift for a while and then she dropped your reader. So I got the message loud and clear. That's so incredibly real. Oh my God, that's hilarious. And I need you to DM me and tell me what the celebrity, who the celebrity is because I won't be able to sleep at night until you do. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a fabulous week and I will chat with you next week. Bye.